Welcome to this week's episode. I am so pumped for this person to be on my podcast. You'll understand why in the first minute of talking to him based on a little story about how we met. But Nicholas, or as I like to call him, Nick Prattley, is a licensed neuro-linguistic therapist, breathwork expert, and master energy practitioner. He's also the founder of Space by himself and creator of Luminous Energetics. I met him when he was an amazing, wonderful, impactful soul cycle instructor. He's been involved in so many amazing projects and is really an inspiration on how to live a fulfilling life. Someone who is filled with love, positive energy, and just good vibes all around. Let's get right into it with this amazing guest. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dude Therapist Podcast. We have an old friend of my wife's family who that I fell in love with. I don't know if Nick knows this, but he was the second person outside of the core family that I met after coming out to LA to meet my in-laws. Um, it was my wife's grandparents and then you. Um, and okay. they were so excited. They deny this, by the way. But you were really the second person. They're like, no, there are other people. I'm like, no, we went right to Soul Cycle because it's on the way to the restaurant. I'm like, you have to meet Nick. Nick is the person in our family that means so much to us. Um, at the time you were working at Soul Cycle, uh, and you said, Your wife is such a BA, she's the coolest person I know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we had your stamp of approval, that was it. I had to marry her. That was it, you know. <laughs> so, Nick, before I take all your thunder away about introducing yourself, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? <laughs> well, uh, my name is Nick Prattley, and I met this wonderful man at Soul Cycle. I was uh, one of the instructors in, I think, a lot of us would call the golden age of Soul Cycle. I arrived there when there were four to five studios, and I left when there were nearly eighty. So the you know, trajectory and the expansion of the company was something that I was very lucky to have a front row seat to, including amazing people like you and your now wife and her incredible uh, parents, the whole family, the whole family used to ride with me at Beverly Hills. And uh, I truly, truly fell in love with my, with your family. I think that there are a few that us instructors always remember and always think back to and I often think of Ariella. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a really amazing thing, you know, the impact that you had on the family because it wasn't just about working out. It just wasn't just about soul cycle. Right. It's about the feeling and the care that you took for them and everyone who ever walked in your studio. Um and that's the vibe you bring. You're a very positive, real human being. Oh, which, is your, which is your success. Right. You were one of the top soul cycle instructors. You trained, you were the trainer who trained other people, um, you know, on the cover of, of, of magazines and stuff like that in the world of wellness, right? You are one of the top people in the world of wellness, whether it's your involvement in Kinergy, right. And all these things that you're now getting involved, your own thing, which I don't worry, I'll touch upon at the end. So you <laughs> can kind of pitch us the amazing things that you're working on. How do you bring that energy into the wellness world for yourself and for other people? Mm, good question. Um, thank you for all of that. Um, 
just when you were talking about that, I thought back to something that I always love to ask in class, which is what is the biggest dream of your life? And real deal, big deal, like no shit, really reach in and find that feeling, not just what it looks like, but what it tastes like, what it feels like, what it smells like. And it's amazing to feel the energy of a room, any room, whether it's soul cycle or breath work or meditation or a seminar, completely shift when the energy of somebody is really engaged with themselves to find that dream. And I think one of the things I love the most is watching somebody come alive, watching somebody feel like in your work too, when that moment arrives, when somebody really connects to what they really want, who they really are. It's not about what they think they need to do or should do or have to do, but what their heart really wants. That's magic. When that moment happens, it's magic. And so my intention is to walk into every room and um, ignite that or remind somebody about how to do that. And it really is a muscle. So every time we wrote a soul cycle class, we would ask that question, we would connect to it. And then the rest of the ride was about breaking through anything that happened to be in the way. Yeah. Or connecting to that dream in a deeper, in a deeper way. And it's just, it's one of the greatest privileges to bear witness to that. You know. you know, something that Soul Cycle did at the time, and don't worry, I'm not going to talk about Soul Cycle the entire time. No, it's okay. Something that it did that's very similar to, let's say, the Disney magic, it was the atmosphere that it created. It was the smell of the studio, right? Mm-hmm. So Disney used to, they still do, they pump smells of, let's say, popcorn when you first walk in. They make fresh popcorn in, in the front of the right, uh, right. amusement park. So then you come in, you feel like you're going to the movies. Soul Cycle yeah. has that like lemon verbena or whatever that yeah yeah that everyone wishes they could buy, which I know they now sell candles of it. Um, and it's also the atmosphere, it's the lights, it's the instructor that you know exactly. It's a trigger, right? It's a cue. It's a cue of your brain. It's mm-hmm. very behavioral. It's very therapy yeah. style. It's like this: you come in and it like checks you right into what you need to do, and then it's on the instructor to be there, which is probably really hard. You're probably teaching so many classes. How do you show up like that? <sighs> I used to do this little technique where I would walk in through, I would imagine that I was walking in through the door into a portal, you know, and it was no longer about me. I was there to be in service and no matter what I had going on, um, my my focus was to be present to the people in that room because, you know, 60, 80 people show up to have their experience you need to be present but the beauty is that if you're if you're present to be in service and you're allowing whatever needs to move through you in that moment on that day for that particular room if you get out of the way and trust that that will happen it happens because you're not i'm not doing it on my own everybody else is creating their dream i'm creating mine and if I can get out of the way and let whatever wants to come through, mm-hmm. then we're creating it together. I you know, I think that was the one of the, the most powerful muscles that I was able to train there. It's showing up ser- for service, getting out of the way and trusting, you know, I love that. And I think you talk about a lot on your content, your page uh, about mindfulness, right? It's something that's one of your specialties and mm-hmm. people think of mindfulness as this like Buddha a monk-esque thing on the top of the tower in that really high place that no one can attain. Yeah. But that's not true. 
you know, there's, there's science behind it when it comes to me as a therapist, there's science behind it for you as an instructor, as a breathe work expert, all these things that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of enlighten what real mindfulness is? Because you kind of touched upon it a little bit just now, but what yeah. it means to kind of what it truly means and not the ideal or the the fake mythical part of it, but how it is practically. Yeah, I mean, straight off the bat, I think that we are all mindful by nature. And I think the word mindfulness sometimes catches people and they think that they have to have a completely still mind or they have to be awake or they have to have some kind of firework, you know, breakthrough. And they may be true in parts, but the definition of mindfulness is really harmony between the head and the heart. And I always talk about wonder on retreat and in workshops. And I think wonder goes away when the mind gets louder than the heart. You know, when we can stay connected to the heart and who we really are and what we really want again, not the should do's and need to's and the have to's, but what the heart is really saying you're you're in tune you know and whatever we can do as a practice that keeps that in tune is mindfulness mindfulness isn't a moment in time although it can be it's it's a way of life you know i'm choosing i'm making choices that allow me to stay in tune with my heart and who i really am and so whether that's breath work or soul cycle or walking along the beach the practice mm -hmm different for everybody yeah. um, but it's about harmonizing you know and I, I think the word you use attunement i love when i think of like the mind heart connection i really think of like alignment right when things are uh, kind of all on the same page together and i love that idea of wonder i didn't think of it that way right when wonder gets taken away when your head gets too loud when your mind gets too loud and that could be overthinking rethinking rumination anxiety all those things that kind of get in the way of where your heart is and your mind need to be together um you work you're a breathe work expert right uh -huh. that's something that you are you're trained in it what are some things that you've learned in that process to help people kind of bring them in and centered um and kind of get in touch with that total self so I really believe, I mean, if we think about the breath, you know, there's energy inside the body and there's energy all around the body. And when we breathe, we're taking in space and energy that's outside the physical body. Yeah. It's feeding inside the physical body. And so if we limit the breath, which we naturally do by way of stress and other things going on in life, Mm -hmm. We're limiting this space, this wonder, this energy around us. And we don't have a plug for our bodies. Like, where's the on switch? Where, <laughs> where's the electrical cord that keeps us going? Nobody's walking out the door on a Monday morning saying, I need to fill my bags with air because I might run out, yeah. right? It, there's this energy that plugs us in and keeps us going. And if we keep breathing, we we are, you know amplifying expanding this experience of life and the deeper we breathe the more we let in and so i love teaching the breath because whether people want to have that in-depth conversation about physical and non-physical seen and unseen mm -hmm. magic or reality you know um 
we are connecting to something greater than us. And there's an energy that plugs us in and turns us on. And the deeper we breathe, the, the more amplified we can make that connection. Yeah, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. We all breathe every day. And mm-hmm. the, the, I think one of the biggest things of mindfulness, whether it's a certain therapy style like DBT therapy, where there's a lot of mindfulness training, whether they're, whether it's just regular mindfulness or anything that you can find on the Calm apps, Headspace, all those kind of uh, things out there and the work that you do as well, the simplest thing is the importance of breathing and how much impact it truly has because we forget that we breathe yeah. every day, all day, and how much power it has over us. I don't know about you. One of my biggest fears is drowning, like losing my breath. Oh, wow. My biggest fears. I don't know why. I, I almost drowned as a kid. Maybe that's probably the source. I'm going to therapeutize myself right now, you know, psychoanalyze it. But you know, there's this great therapist called the Dude Therapist. You should go. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> but in the end, right? In the end, it's really that if we just took a deep breath and, and, something so small that is so daily in our life has such a huge power over our heart and our mind. Yeah. Panic attack. You're breathing at a rate that is either double to two and a half times faster than you normally should, which then raises your heart rate and makes your mind race because it's lacking oxygen. It's all these scientific things. But if you just take a step back, like you said, this wonder, this spiritual side of it, you're bringing in energy for yourself. That is our, you know, Apple iPhone plug or whatever, phone you have not here to plug apple um even though i would love to please sponsor mm-hmm. me um <laughs> right but, um right it's our plug to everything we have and you said yeah. no one walks around with bags of oxygen yeah that'd be crazy if you think about it but that's what we need we need to it's our lungs we need to carry that with us and make sure they're taken care of and you know something that i i don't know if you know this because it happened inside our family when you something i really admire i love powerful strong, emotional men. Mm. And we talk about that in our family about you. When you had your, when you got your kid, you and your husband, right. And the pictures you post, my mother-in-law, she, she fells, right. The Yiddish word for like, she gets so emotional because it's so beautiful to see someone who is so deserving of love and someone who got, got it. How was that for you? All the things that you've learned, soul cycle, breath work, mindfulness how does that touch into being a father oh man oh my gosh i can see your mind i know i jumped i know i jumped the thing but i need to talk about fatherhood with you yeah yeah yeah. as a healing feeling guy i need to talk to you about it totally i mean i think parenting is one of the most powerful intense practices of being present right like if if you're not fully present to what's going on you're either missing a moment or you're missing what the soul of this magical human in front of you is asking for. I think that's one of the biggest things that Jeff and I have continued to remind each other. The power of her soul is telling us what she needs. I, like, I don't, I don't know what she needs, ultimately, in terms of her soul and what she wants to do in her life, right? My job is to be present, to take care of her, to keep her safe, to guide her. But I don't know what she wants to be. I don't know who she needs to be. I don't know what her impact on the world is going to be. I want to hold space so that she doesn't have, you know, years of therapy to break through the shit that I projected onto her. (laughs) You you know, hit the ground running and just do what she wants to do and be who she wants to be. And 
Um, I'm just so grateful. I've always known that I've wanted to be a father. Um, and, you know, in terms of my career and practices in life, it's, it's a constantly evolving practice. You know, I'm doing stuff all the time. I don't know it all. Um, and I don't need to know it all. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I'm there to hold space, to guide her, to keep her safe, not control, not shame, um, as best I can so that I can take the cues from her. And if I'm not present, I'm not going to get those cues. You know, it's funny you mentioned the present of being a parent. My daughter will like tap me if I'm not focusing enough, if I'm not there enough, she'll be like, come on, daddy, come on. Or like, let's go. Or daddy, dad, and she'll repeat my name, which by the way, I dreamed of that moment of my child. You know, Isn't that I, magic? Oh my gosh. Except for middle of the night. Every time you <laughs> say my name, I love it. Right. The daddy, where's daddy? Where's mommy? It's a beautiful thing. Um, and it really is about being present. One of the biggest things that I post about parenting and talk about a parenting is that the biggest thing you can do is show up. Yeah. Showing up as a therapist. The things that I see the most when it comes to parenting issues is when a parent is either not involved yeah, or so involved that they're overbearing and not showing up the way the kid needs, not the way you need the, yeah. the kidneys. And that really is a present mindfulness moment of taking a step back. What is my child need? What do they want? What can I do for them? How can I be there for them right now? Um, I can't worry about tuition in college at the moment because they're only, let's say my daughter's a year and a half old. That doesn't help me right now. Right. Hurry me, of course, but that's not something I need to help her right now with. So what can I do for you right now? Are you hungry? Are you, uh, do you want to watch uh, your favorite TV show or movie? Do you want to go play? Do you want to take a walk? Whatever you want to do, it's yeah. really about showing up for your kids. And yeah. if you can't, that's why it's really important to have a really a, a partner who is on level with you on the same page, which I think right. you and your husband do really, really well. I don't, I'm not in your life, but from what we see, it looks like you do a great job because it's really about being there. And yeah. something I really admire about you is the emotional side of you. Mm. Finding men who are emotionally, not just emotional, because every human being is, mm -hmm. being emotionally aware and emotionally open. How mm -hmm. is that for you as a man in this day and age, in the world that we live in, or in your life? How has that been for you? Wow, that's a really good question. You know, I think that for most of my life, it's been uncomfortable. You know, um, how, how do you be a strong leader? right? And also be emotional. You know, is it okay if you're being a leader to be emotional and not lose kind of what you've been saying and how strongly or powerfully or intentionally you've been leading? You know, is that going to take away something? That's kind of been a consistent conversation in my head. And then I would say about mm, five to 10 years ago, that's a big gap. I would say probably eight to 10 years ago, I was, I was like, you just have to be done with that. You can't, you, you're, you, you have to give all of you. Right. And I'm always teaching. There are no good or bad emotions, even though our perception is that. And even though it feels like that sometimes yeah. there are just emotions, there are just emotions. And if we leave a piece of ourselves out, then we're going to continue to be separated. And so when we let all of it be okay, then we're creating wholeness. And I was 
I just started telling myself if if you're teaching that then you need to be that and it's all okay and the people that will align will align and the people that won't won't and that's okay that's a very powerful thing to say that it's it's all you and and we have this perception from society about emotions right good bad ugly um that if you're angry or you're sad usually those are negative right In reality there's an extreme every emotion extreme is not healthy being overly happy is not a healthy thing either. Being uh-huh. overly excited is not very healthy, but balance, balance is everything. And you are someone who works with people to shift themselves to kind of get into this, find their personal strength or personal power, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And find that balance. How do you help someone when they're all out of whack, when they're not in line with themselves or the things that they want? How do you kind of help someone shift into that space? I think one of the biggest things is using kind of as ammunition those emotions that either they've been ignoring or feel too big. You know, uh, I think we're taught to leave ourselves out. We're taught to not listen to those emotions. But underneath that anger or pain or frustration or over... (laughs) indulgence in laughter or joy then that might sound weird but you know in chinese medicine there's this arc there's this wave and if you go up super high you need to come down super low the body naturally wants to find balance and so we don't want to go super super high like we might on drugs or otherwise and we don't want to go super low which we might just find ourselves in because we're ignoring emotion you know we want to have this kind of more even wave in the middle line and one of the ways to connect to that gentle wave that even wave that consistent wave in your emotions and your energy is to breathe into to let go into what feels too much or too little Mm -hmm. so you know, when somebody feels stuck, we want to assess where they are energetically, emotionally, and then begin to use the emotions that feel too much and breathe into it, let go into it and reveal what's underneath or on the other side. Yeah. And, and you work a lot with energy, right? You're very much, you're also certified in an energy work, right? Mm-hmm. And for people who might think, because as a therapist, there is science and there's things that I know work because I've seen it. Yeah. I've, I've worked with people who work in that world and yeah. some people think that it's ridiculous. Oh, energy. I don't mm-hmm. agree with that. I think there's beauty in all types of wellness if mm-hmm. it helps you exactly. and, um, and, and it might not help you and it might help someone else. You know, if you do acupuncture and it doesn't help someone else, they might go, that's this, that's terrible. Who wants to do needles? But for someone, it could help them with all the aches and pains that they've had in the rest of their life. Yeah. Talk to someone about energy when they think that idea of energy. And and I'm not sure if you can explain it further. I would love to hear what your thought process is about what that means to work in the energy world Mm -hmm. and the people who are doubters or think that it's ridiculous. um, What can you tell tell them about what, what can be helpful about it? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that I am really aware of is that everybody's exactly where they need to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not here to change anybody's mind i can share information that might illuminate them uh, and they'll do whatever they choose to do with it and that's perfect you know there's absolutely no judgment um on on that and where they are either way um 
you know, when I think about energy, our reality, our physical reality, what we see and feel and touch is 5% of matter in the universe, mm -hmm. right? 95% of it is unseen. And why would we not include some of that in our experience where this tiny minuscule moment in the universe, yet we're also floating on a ball in the middle of space, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So why would we not expand our experience of that? A lot of it is energy, mm -hmm. you know? And there are actually, even though people think for the most part it's not quantifiable, there's actually about 200 published scientific studies that show energy medicine and energy work mm -hmm. to be as powerful as drugs and pharmaceuticals, which are amazing and needed in their own right. Mm -hmm. I don't have any way in. I think that there is a whole you know, system of natural medicine that is really important to include in our healthcare system, but I'm not negating what pharmaceuticals do for people either. I think there just has to be a balance, yeah. you know, but when we look at these um, scientific studies of energy medicine, uh, they are sustaining health for longer and there are no side effects and people heal. Yeah. So there's something in it, you know, and whether, whether you're willing or we are willing to dive into it head first, 100% for a long time, um, that's that's actually not what we need to decide. It's just opening the door and being open to seeing mm -hmm. if it, you know, helps or amplifies or heals. Why not? Yeah. And that's a crazy fact with the 95%, 5%. And, you know, when I think of energy, um, the, the, the first thing that pops into my head is Mr. Miyagi, like with his hands and yeah. like touching and healing. Why yeah. is it so much a, let's say, a Chinese culture, or Asian culture? Why hasn't broken into America when it's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. Oof. That, you know, well, the first place that my brain goes to is, you know, I hear so much right now that our country's divided or, you know, this community's divided or there's so much division really everywhere and every culture on every um, continent. And I think that part of what we need to do as a humanity is integrate individually, you know, not leaving ourselves out, coming back into wholeness, returning mm -hmm. to what's natural. And that includes as a globe, you know, I'm sure the Chinese could do with a lot of the pharmaceuticals that we have. And we could do with a lot of the energy work that the Chinese and the Indians in mm -hmm. our work in Southeast Asia, not just Indians, but Ayurvedic work in general, you know, I think if we can really let East meet West and West meet East, that we could expand into a whole new system. And that, wow. I, that part is really exciting. But yeah, you know, Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine have been around for thousands of years. And those, those systems are really collections of patterns you know, we look at any ancient wisdom, they're really just a, a group of people that have ego out of the way that are focused on healing and bringing the best to people, being yeah. of service to people. And they collect these patterns that 
eventually become these systems. Yeah. And I think what's happening in, in uh, Western medicine right now is that we're looking at the collection of patterns and there's a lot of patterning that supports pharma or money or, you know, certain institutions that ultimately leave people out. We can't just the symptom anymore. The symptom is a band-aid for something else going deeper. We want to find the cause, which is why I take people through you know, their energy and their emotions. Let's breathe into it. Don't take a pill to get rid of that feeling. Breathe into it because your superpower is waiting on the other side. I love that. And, you know, as, as a therapist, I work with people all the time who ask, okay, you just give me the medication, give me the medication, solve my problem, solve my problem, fix me, fix me, fix me. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest misconceptions about the work of wellness is that, yes, medication might be able to help you on the surface and might help you lower the symptoms to be able to then actually do the work. And yeah. that's where the real healing happens after the external stuff gets taken out after the medication kind of kicks in and the symptoms lower the deep work, whether it's trauma, whether it's anxiety, depression, it's an inner thing. And there's, there's, there's a doc, Dr. David Burns. He wrote a book up uh, when panic attacks um, and feel good therapy. Um, he's a very, and he's a psychologist, I believe who's very anti-medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whole thing is he's very much from an emotional therapy standpoint, mm-hmm. the emotions that we have hidden or have suppressed or have neglected to deal with. It's like asking someone to clean their room and they take all the dirt and hide it underneath the rug and call it clean. The dirt's right. still there. You never yeah. cleaned your room. It looks yeah. clean, but it really isn't clean. Yeah. And it's a great book. And he's a great therapist, uh, one of the top of his field. But that's what I think wellness is all about. And that's what you just touched upon, that once you get past all that external stuff, that that surface level, that's where the work needs to happen. So yeah. when someone comes to me and says, fix my child or fix or fix my husband, my wife, fix me, I sit there and I go, okay, what do you want to fix? He goes, oh, my anxiety, my depression, my yeah. this, that, and the other thing. And I go, okay, we got to work deeper because that's really where it's at. And people think it's me just wanting to make more money to sit longer with you. No, it's not. I want to actually help you. And I think it's amazing the words you use, how you're dealing with people, it's so impactful and important because that's really where healing happens. Mm. Um, and for you, as, as someone who's been in this business for a while, you've seen trends. You see how it goes up and down. Do you think there's more acceptance now to this world of wellness? Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, point. I think that wellness in many different ways to many people around the world right now is you know, if we look at this $4.9 trillion wellness industry, yeah. a little less right now with uh, COVID, but, you know, all of a sudden wellness became cool and it was mainstream and meditation was everywhere. And I think that there's a whole group of us that were like, wait, where do you people come from? We've been here the whole time <laughs> waiting for you. And suddenly everybody can certify everybody and everything and everybody's an expert. And, you know, I think we... I think we have to be careful in this. I think it's great that everybody's kind of paying attention to wellness more now, but, you know, let's be careful to not get too lost in product and influencing and all these different things that are just about being part of wellness and doing it because it's cool. I'm not saying that's why everybody's doing it, but I think it's just important to highlight that because wellness is really 
ultimately about your own level of awareness around what makes you more well, what makes you feel more well. And so this in part is not putting the band-aid, not taking the pill, not looking for somebody to fix it and quickly because that's part of our culture and world right now too. Like how fast can I move through this? We'd all do it. I do it too. Like yeah. you want to move through it quickly because you want to enjoy your life. But is part of that process squashing what, you know, like you said, throwing it under the rug. It's still there. It's still living in your cell structure. It's still living in your myofascial tissue. Yes. And so your wellness is ultimately about your awareness around what makes you well. And if you have an awareness that there's anxiety that you're moving through, for example, that's not going to happen overnight. It may, but it may not. And if we can accept that there's a longer journey with self and that that journey might give so many gold nuggets that let you feel more powerful than you've ever felt, why would you not take that? Yeah. You know? You just spoke right to my heart. You just shot an arrow right through my heart. That was so real. Because it's right, there are so many people right now in the wellness world, quote unquote, who are getting certified by this or just calling themselves expert on social media and, you know, having very nice curated pictures and paying a lot of money to take pictures there. And the other thing to make it look like they are the experts. You got to be careful to all the listeners who are the, out there. Be careful with the products you're buying. Be careful with what the, what's in them. Be careful with who you're asking and talking to about the products because, most people want to just make an extra buck and want to make money because mm -hmm. it's about, it's a four point, right? A 4.9 million, million dollar business. That's yeah, a trip. That's a trillion. I don't even know what that means. Right? <laughs> of, of every, you know, every apple cider vinegar and every single pill or here's how it does it for you. And here's this thing that's going to help you. And here's this incense. that's going to, they all could be very helpful. Just be careful. Make sure you're doing it with purpose and not being, um, targeted or, or, or what's it called? Buying into things that look helpful, but aren't helpful for you. You know, Nick, just to wrap up, you know, I could talk to you for hours cause you're such really an amazing person to talk to. And someone I, I, I actually really do admire, um, with your, with your, your parenting, your journey, who you are as a person, um, you know, and, and the impact that you've had on, on my family and a lot of people in this world, you are really a truly great person and you're now starting your own project. Right. You've been doing working for other people here, there, and the other thing, whether it's Soul Cycle Kinergy with Julianne Huff. And now you're starting something called Space, which is spelled S P 8 C E, which is so cool. I can't wait to see the swag that comes out of that because <laughs> I'm already seeing it. What is, space, <laughs> what is Space all about? When is it launching? What can you tell us about it? Yeah. So Space is launching. We have a, well, originally space came from this concept of space, the space in between every breath, every moment, uh, between every human body, between every human body and the next planet, the next star, this space, right? And so, like we said earlier, 5% of, of our reality, this physical reality, is only a piece of it. There's 95% of it that is untouched, unseen, untapped, and now, now beginning to be tapped. And so... You know, we respond energetically a lot in life. We respond to situations and words and feelings and experiences, but we don't necessarily navigate energetically. And so 
over the last 15, 20 even years, I've been developing this body of work called Luminous Energetics, you know, where we can return, use our energy, respond energetically, navigate energetically, and ultimately harness our energy so that we return to our own mm. life, thereby being our luminous self. And so space is all about this education that returns us to our truth. And there'll be products and swag and all these other cool things, but um, whether it's happening in classes or workshops or retreats or seminars, um, we're going to share luminous energetics with the world. And I can't wait to see what it does. It's going to be super exciting. But coming up on April 1st, we're launching a breathwork component of the platform. And so uh, we'll share with your viewers a special code so that they can enjoy some of the content. Um, but that's the next big thing that's coming up. It's really exciting. That's so exciting. Um, where can people find you? Where can people be in touch with you? How can they follow your your story and, and everything about you? Sure. They'll just go to nicholaspratley.com and uh, sign up there and we'll we'll keep you in touch with everything that's happening. Amazing. Nick, thank you so much for spending the time with me this morning or whatever time it is out by you or by me or wherever you're listening. It really means a lot um, for you to make the time. I know you're a busy person uh, and uh, I hope to stay in touch and, and talk soon. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what makes this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week. And see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast, because we've got more guests and more great content coming your way.